When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Horror Movie Night Fantastic Fest coverage. I'm sitting here with Zach and Precious uh, from the film Homewrecker. Hello, hello. Hey Matt, thanks for having us. Alright, so now you know what they sound like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, someone messaged me the other day because I was telling them about the movie and they were like, so how would you describe it? And I hope that you're okay with this. Oh, I I want to hear it. But I said... You know Lifetime movies? And they said, yeah. And I said, imagine if John Waters made one. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And I'm curious, what the, how close am I to kind of the general direction you were aiming for this? Um, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It, I mean, I don't know that I would say that uh, John Waters... I mean, John Waters is a huge uh, inspiration on me and one of my favorite filmmakers. I don't know that he was an inspiration on this project as much as the movies that he loves are also the movies that I love and that sort of wind it up with a similar flavor. Yeah. It's got that, it's, it's campy and, but if you've watched enough Lifetime movies, it's not that far off from, uh, right, right. There's one that I always remember called like, she woke up pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they are insane, the do movies we, that they make. Do we have Lifetime in Canada? We're both Canadian, and... Lifetime movies are... I guess... I've, I know what they're talking about. Like, I know, what the, I know what you guys mean, but yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen a Lifetime so, movie. So, uh, they're, like, they're like Hallmark movies, sure. like, but yeah. a little grittier, maybe. Right. So it's... <laughs> the best way to describe it is, like, someone was like, we need to make Hallmark movies, but we need to make them specifically for, like... The stay-at-home mom who reads trashy romance gotcha. novels. Like, yeah. So it's yeah. like hyper-dramatic, hyper- Melodrama, of, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I love being pulp. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect word for it, honestly. Cool. Yeah. So where did you come up with this concept? Because I'll be honest, at first I was like, okay, this is just kind of like a fun, goofy movie. And then about like in the last 15 <laughs> minutes, it gets really horrific. Yes. 
Um, well, it was Zach's story, right? You yeah. Can't... I mean, it wasn't my story as much as... Um, so, it, it's an old story. It's like 12 years old at this point. Back when I had just graduated from film school, I did film theory and then production. And then and my, uh, my film did okay in film school that I started getting hired to whatever, do some odd gigs. And this one person hired me to adapt an article, actually. <laughs> so this was an article... But um, what the, the details were totally different because it um, what I delivered, which isn't that dissimilar to Homewrecker, minus all the great comedy and the great lines that we all came up with together. Um, but he was it was not he, he wanted a lifetime movie, and, and I gave him like because I took that premise and I'm like, how could I like this? <laughs> Is sort of how it. Yeah, and then um, for a long time it, it just was in the back of my mind, and then once and then I... we wanted to we wanted to make something, and I and then you told me about the premise, and I was like, fantastic! One location, two actors, all the things that we needed to sort of. I mean, it's not just two actors, but that's the parameters uh, made it doable for us. Right. And then um, and then we started to we wrote out the story beats. Me, Alex, and Zach wrote out the story beats together because she lives in LA. And we are both based in Toronto. And then uh, Zach and I, because we were using my house, my actual house as a location, <laughs> and my boyfriend was going on vacation. <laughs> for specifically to leave the scene of the crime, okay. by the way. For, for two weeks. We knew we had to shoot by then. And so we had this amazing deadline that made us write the script in about a month and a half. It's a... But it's... So, I love that it's a real location. Like, because there... I mean... I guess this is a, it. It feels like a cartoon reality. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's very fairy tale esque oh, in I the love presentation. That. Yes, and it, that was very, part of the the satisfaction of creating it. Is like we could I could create this sort of we could create this world, this sort of ultra like hyper girly pulp mm-hmm. culture referenced feminist like idea of you know being raised in the 80s and 90s what that does to you as a woman and I mean I'm getting all like as a te- like no. la 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 about it but, but, but it was like such a delight to be able to like in- in- infuse the movie with all this girliness that's so you know and we loved we could... exaggerating it all but meanwhile with we, a twist we were even more excited about grounding it as well yeah. to have the two extremes sort of battling each other out in the film yeah and Alex is you know I loved working with her she's an amazing actress so that brought it all up to this sort of real level that it definitely was a heart connection which sort of made it yeah. not just like a kooky it, it gave it real heart and and they're both friends of mine and I just for years uh, the last couple of years couldn't wait to get them in yeah, the same room acting yeah we wanted to do something together and uh, and then I just got to sit and watch and I it, uh, what a pleasure to it was fun. watch them work together well and I your character specifically is so interesting because it's got um a little bit of like that movie Drop Dead Gorgeous yeah. of like that that used to be like the star cheerleader and life didn't work out and they lost their fucking mind because yes. of it. Like, yeah, that sort of... Well, like, you know, I'm midlife, so it's like that midlife... It's my midlife crisis on crack, basically. <laughs> and like, also, I love the movie Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. The, you're the second person I've interviewed who reference that as one of the influences really? of their movie and That's I fun. love that movie <laughs> yes those performances I just I, I was just haunted by them and I love the sort of 
hyper realism of it and yes and the grotesqueness of it and if i can use a nasty word that i would never in a million years apply to precious but i love the genre hag exploitation did you see the giant uh they have the giant straight jacket yeah of course the first thing i noticed when i walked in i was like oh oh my god because for precious it's more whatever happened to baby jane but for me like i love straight jacket and i love joan crawford late joan crawford films which whatever happened is one of them I was just talking about that movie with someone the other day because I was talking about how deep-seated that hate was and how much I love, like, even in death they were so catty towards each other because there's that (laughs) Betty Davis quote when Joan Crawford died that was like, my mom raised me to never say something bad about the dead, only good. Joan Crawford's dead, that's good. (laughs) Oh, my God. Let's not forget, you know, like, they both had daughters who wrote (laughs) tell-alls. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, but Joan Crawford didn't get an 80s pop song written about her eyes, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. So what really does work in this movie also, though, is no matter how unhinged your character becomes, and I guess Zach's camera work is a big element of this, as, long, as well as your performance, is that you never fully hate her because you really feel for oh, that's nice. her emotionally. That was very important. Yeah, because there's no... you know. Both of them are not handling the issue. It's like it's one of those things where you watch it and you're like, there's a way that this could just end as like two people sit and watch a movie and get to know each other and right. then they go their separate ways. That's right. I, that's why like, you know, there's so many different descriptors for the film. Some people want to call it a comedy, some people want to call it a horror. Uh, I often enjoy calling it a melodrama, but ultimately I consider it a tragedy. Yeah. The tragedy of being polite. Yeah. <laughs> yes. the, the tragedy of cross wires. The tragedy and... of politeness. The tragedy of loneliness. Right. Uh, the tragedy of of sort of heteronormative <laughs> romance that you're fed as a as a girl growing up. Yeah. So where did you the this so I, I always try to avoid too much of the plot details when I do these interviews because again if people are listening yeah. and they haven't seen it yet it's but I need to talk about the hunk game. Where did that come from? Party <laughs> hunks. Zach's Yeah, I mean, we, we had been writing it. You know, we had been writing the script, but we didn't really have a centerpiece for the film. Is <laughs> <laughs> sort of how that started. We were just really trying to think of, like, we knew exactly where the movie was going. We yeah. just didn't really have a middle. Middle act. <laughs> Always the hardest. And then, um, and then we, yeah, it just sort of dawned on us that uh, it would be brilliant if we could... St- bring a slumber party element to it yeah that like pretty in pink was an influence for me yeah like that sort of 80s romance john hughes-esque feeling right (laughs) and then party hunks creating that game because you know i'm from that era it was just so delightful (laughs) to me because it because it was i was able to use these sort of tropes that i you know the, the the hot guy always like boy crazy like trying to get the guy toxic and the, stereotypes that are perpetuated for your generation yeah and also this sort of weird thing that happened as a teenager is like you are obsessed with boys but it's not really about the boys it's about really being intimate with another girl so you don't really care right, about right. the guy it's just the idea of guys talking about boys allows an intimacy between right. women bonding through yeah. an object of desire anyways but then then <laughs> coming up with the game was so fun yeah. and like just sort of you know um sat- satirizing the whole all the weird things that they do like you know they give girl culture <laughs> right. like about boys and like rapey stuff <laughs> well, like, rapey undertones that's oh my god there's there's the one it's like 
ooh, you got to babysit and the dad drives you home. You get 30 kisses from that. <laughs> like, that I'm sorry you didn't get to watch it with an audience because that's maybe my favorite moment to watch with an audience. <laughs> particularly because it generally like takes a second and I'm always curious who's going to be the first laugh. And then because the first laugh sort of signifies others like, oh wait, that wasn't a good thing to say. <laughs> that was not a very kosher. Yeah, it kind of takes a minute to land, which is kind of fun to you. Like the audience goes, oh, what? Well, and then because it, at first it's like, okay, so it's kind of just like a dream gate or like a dream phone. I was the one I right. always remember. Yes, totally. But then you have this weird, like the VHS tape board game thing that was like such a weird fad just right. injected into it. It's, it's like, so yeah. insane. For like three years, there was like this VHS element to, right. to things that was very like, woo. Then we were really having fun. Right? Yeah, that was really fun. I mean, the whole movie feels fun. Like, it feels like it was a fun shoot. And I think that, you know, those are the types of movies that I think people gravitate towards. I I always use Empire Records as an example. But, like, Empire Records is a really fun movie. It's not necessarily a good movie. But when you watch it, you're like, they had a blast making this. And you get so pulled in. For the sake of time, uh, if I, and, like, um, posterity, if I succeed in making my next movie, just so you know, it's... Empire Records is a huge influence. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> and I agree with you. It's not like the best movie of the 90s by any stretch, but like... There's... But I've watched it more than any other movie in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to make. It was exhilarating. It was like the, the, the one of the hardest things I think I've ever done. Oh, oh yeah. The and shooting so, schedule was messed up. And just having to like set deck one room and shoot the other and be in it. And we were, it was like we wore a lot of hats. Well, especially because you're, I guess, writer star and then also in a weird way set dresser well, like yeah and, yeah. and, and i was like writer director pa yeah yeah like when i might have been discussing the scene with the actors i was carrying sandbags yeah for the DP. and like and like also part of me was like well i can't we can't do another take of this because i can't we as a producer i was like we got to keep moving but as an actor so it was like but for me i think as an actor it helped me a lot because i didn't have time to be, be precious, precious about my performance. <laughs> I didn't have time to be precious. I didn't. I just had to go for it. I yeah. had to be Linda. Yeah, but and I was really and then probably the most fun part I had was remember the when we shot the Lisa Loeb. Stuff. Yeah, but no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. I mean, some programmers like to just say it or reviewers. No, but but yeah, that was really fun. But no, totally, I, I was worried about that. I was like, I'm having so much fun, and I'm not sure if it really fits this moment I, in the movie. <laughs> I uh, I I was gonna say I'll I'll speak as little as possible because I agree with you I don't like spoiling anything but I I do like that there's this element of does she actually know the words to this song throughout that whole scene. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't. <laughs> oh no but we actually picked a verse like this is where linda stops knowing the words yeah. but i really it was also like i really didn't well like, like of course it's not your favorite song or anything no but i but as an actor i probably would have been more prepared if oh. i had the time but it worked well, we broke it, it up it did work for us it worked yeah, yeah. and actually it became one of those happy accidents that you just have to embrace <laughs> Yeah, that's fun. So if listeners are interested in seeing Homewrecker, but you know they're not here right this second right. as the interview is happening, where else is it playing? Or is there uh, any websites or anything where they can see the screening schedule? It's early, so we're still figuring out the next screening and the screening after that. So I actually couldn't tell you where this will play next. Yeah. Um, I actually do know where it's going to play next, but, but I don't think I'm at liberty it. to say yet. Yeah, we can't announce it yet. But hopefully, hopefully it'll be, you know... 
more places. Right. Is it? Uh, is there any social media or anything where they can follow you guys to yeah, find out? Yeah, we have an Instagram, Homewrecker the Movie. Okay. Which Precious runs and, and, and we're so appreciative of. <laughs> so please follow us on Homewrecker the Movie and on Facebook we have a Homewrecker page. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and we have a trailer that people can watch. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you. you it was really fun. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 